This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Young Gunner. What's good, y'all? It's your boy Ant Wright, your host of Michigan State of Mind. Um, Big Saturday so far. We got the Big Ten schedule being released. Um, that's a lot of fun. Um, on top of that, we have, um, you know, players starting to opt back in. That's for a lot of schools. Um, not just at Michigan, I believe, uh, Pontesuk and Michigan state also chose to opt back in. So it looks like some of these guys are going to give it a, are going to give it a go. Um, the only concern that I have is that, um, you know, they're coming back for, you know, you know, like how, you know, how long can they, um, are they going to have the season? Um, very strict protocols for the Big Ten, and there's just a lot going on. Like, you have to have, if you test positive for COVID, I mean, you're, <laughs> it's pretty much a wrap for you. Um, you know, you have a 21-day you have a 21-day pretty much suspension, I'll call it that. Um, if that falls on like a certain day and a certain week, I mean, your season could very well be done after playing only like a few games. Um, on top of that, you have, you know, the 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 teams, the team that itself. If you go over five percent, you can't even play or practice. So say if it comes down on like a Friday, that news comes out that, uh, you know, 9% of, of the team has COVID. You can't play or practice for a full week. So not only do you cancel that Saturday, it's not a guarantee that you can put yourself in a position as a coach to also play that following weekend as well with with no practice or anything like that, no meetings. Um, that's pretty much how guys can can get injured. Sorry, I got my son here with, with me, and he can't stop sharing his opinion as well. But, um, but yeah, the COVID protocols that they've put in, put in place are very, very strict. Um, these teams have to be... They, they have to be on their P's and Q's. They can't mess around with this. One person, literally one person at one school can derail 
this entire season. Say if this one person goes out to a party, and it, and it doesn't even have to be like the starting QB. It could be like a like a trainer, or like it could be like a student manager. Like they could go to a party one one day, like oh, it's just my friends there. Next thing you know, they have COVID. They bring it back to the team. Now there's a breakout. Not only does that team not play, but also the team that they're going to play not play. And there's no wiggle room either because of how the season is structured. There's no bye weeks. So you can't just move games around. You can't postpone games until later. Um, That's why the Big Ten dropped a huge ball on this. Uh, If they had given us an eight or nine game schedule and they and they had a couple of bye weeks in between you can move games around you can change opponents you can maybe maybe play against a non like one non-conference team maybe um or like say if you know Virginia Tech couldn't play Virginia because Virginia had a bunch of positives you know who's to say in in like that coming week um you know uh Illinois can play Virginia Tech. And things can just be shifted around just like that. Um, And it's going to be, you know, logistically, it's not bad because there's no fans anyway. You know what I mean? So you don't have to worry about people canceling their hotels. You don't have to worry about people doing this and that. I just think it's... um, I just think the Big Ten has done a disservice um, big time, big time. They should have stuck with September. Was a September twenty sixth as the start date? I I believe so. I I have to go and check. I don't have notes in front of me, but I believe the start date was like September twenty sixth. You know, post you know postpone it till then. You know, and then figure it out. But to do all that, postpone the season until end of October. And they give like an impossible task of not only no bye weeks to move games around, but hey, we're gonna give you like the most strict protocols. And if and if someone f's up, like that could derail everybody. And um, and honestly, like that's not fair, man. That's not fair. It sucks. It sucks as a student athlete, uh, and it sucks as a coach because you almost have to like babysit your team um and there's no growth in that you know you want your team to be responsible hold each other accountable but as a coach you know if you're successful this season that shows that you're not only a decent coach but you also have a team that that respects you respects what you have to say um and and will play by your rules. And that just shows your type of leadership. So I'm about to hop in the locker room here. Let's get some guys in there. I hope you guys have stuff to say, questions to ask, anything like that. Um, we'll see who joins and talks with me. It's really a dope app. It's super cool. If you're on my Twitter, um, I'm always posting the link to it. But it's a great app. It's Honestly, I think it's the next best thing in terms of sports and communication but we'll see you in there yo oh okay you already got six people in here 
I like it. I like it a lot. Drake, man, it's crazy, right? Oh, is she cakewalk? I mean, there are, here's here's the thing, though. Like, they're Ohio State, and, you know, we're not going to be pleased unless they have um, – they're going to have a mix of, you know, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin. Like, that's the only true crossover games for them where they have to think twice about the game. You know what I mean? But, you know, they played Nebraska. And who else do they got? Illinois. So Brandon Peters is going to have to be magical just to keep that game within a couple of touch touchdowns. You know what I mean? But uh, it's real interesting, man. It's real interesting. Are you going to yell this whole time? Okay. Can you stop yelling at me then? Yo, my kid is a beast. I'm not even this, – this isn't even like – this isn't even like me as a parent. Like, this is just me as an observer. Like, this dude – this dude is a Hulk. This dude is crazy. Crazy. Man, oh, man. So, I'm not going to keep you guys long, man. We're going to go like 20, 25 minutes tops. I said that last time, but we – but we kind of got, uh, um, we kind of dived, you know, dived. We kind of dove into other uh, uh, topics. So we're going to keep this super short, 20 minutes tops. We're just going to dive into both schedules for Michigan and Michigan State um, and kind of what we see here. And we're going to go, you know, through each game and we're going to count the wins and losses. Um, so let's start with uh, – Let's start with Michigan State first, man. Um, Michigan State, they have Mel Tucker coming in for their – this is their – this is his first year, second year as a head coach, I believe. Um, that opening game against Rutgers, uh, you know, Greg Schiano's a good coach. Uh, a lot of people – I'm seeing a lot of Michigan State fans are kind of, like, dismissing uh, their schedule. Uh, their schedule is still not the easiest. Uh, you have a Northwestern team that, um, that you know, Michigan State has struggled against. And then you have an Iowa team that's always tough, that's always going to give you um, anywhere between, you know, eight, you know, eight or nine wins uh, pretty much consistently. So their crossover games aren't the best. I know Northwestern struggled a bit last year. But the, the Michigan State Northwestern games have always been super super tough. Um, if you're if you're just joining, that's that's my son in the background uh, losing his mind. Um, so yeah, so if you look at their their schedule, people are like, yeah, it's not that bad. I mean, it's it's pretty tough in my opinion. Um, Rutgers, you have Greg Schiano, proven ruck, proven coach at Rutgers. Um, is back. He's no slouch at all. He's going to have them ready for sure. And then you got back-to-back games against Michigan and Iowa. That's going to be tough. Um, I'm not going to be surprised if they go 0-3 there. Uh, 1-2 at best. Um, then you have Indiana. Like, these games being home and away really don't mean anything because there's no fans no fans are going to be there to really influence anything. So Rutgers playing at East Lansing, 
Um, the crowd is not going to have their. Hold on. Come on, man. Please, here, take this. Thank you. <laughs> so the crowd is not going to have any type of influence on the game. Um, the only thing that will influence the game is, you know, the hotel stay prior and the prep. That's really the only difference. But what's nice about these schedules is the better team should win the game, um, especially if there's no type of uh, home, ad- home advantage. Uh, then they have, oh, Howard wants to come in. Okay, dope, dope, dope. What's up, Howard? What's good, Ant? What's good? What's good? So, how do you think they're gonna? How do you think they're gonna do the stadium noise? Uh, I, I just think it's gonna be just a bunch of audio blasts, blast ins. I really hope it's no crowd noise. I just hope it's music. Um, uh, and I'm wondering what they're gonna do with the band. If they're gonna have the band kind of dispersed throughout the stadium, I think that would. I think that would make the atmosphere just exponentially better with no band. Like it doesn't really feel like a football game. It feels like you're just watching two teams practice. You know what I mean? Right. The right. band makes everything. Um, but well, I wonder. And and then my other thing is like it, with the band. Is the band gonna like switch sides with the team? You know, that would be very now? interesting. Oh, true, true, true. <laughs> Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, I think it'll be just the one band playing, and they may play the other team's fight song to be, uh, what's the word? Have like sports or bandsmanship. I don't know if, if that's right. the word. Uh, um, <laughs> but that could be a thing. That could be a thing for sure. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see because I don't know if you heard Jeff Darlington on here, but he was on here talking about how they're doing the noise in the NFL. And he was saying they're just like, what you hear on the TV is like way better than what you hear in the stadium. In the stadium, they're just kind of randomly spraying noise and it sounds terrible. Gotcha. So gotcha. I'm curious, but, but honestly, it's going to be for the TV viewer though, you know, it's for the TV viewer, but it does affect on field play, you know, gotcha. either way. I got Michigan State winning against Michigan regardless. Where are they playing this year? What is wrong with you? <laughs> I just I I just know what's good. And, stop, uh, stop being a homer. Where's the game happening? It's at Michigan. Are there like like are what what do you think colleges are gonna do in terms of like tailgating? Like are there gonna be events? Because I was gonna say maybe I should come back to Michigan. And give you hell for the weekend, but I'm not really sure. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna have anything. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, I'm gonna put out a tweet, just some feelers, just to okay. see what you know what people are saying. Like, hey, do you guys plan on tailgating? Or are you are you gonna host something? Right. What is? Let wrong? me <laughs> relax. Let, let, let me let me know what you hear, and uh, and I would like to I'd like to pull up, and and sorry about I got you. Nah, right, man, never sorry. It's never sorry. Never <laughs> sorry. Hey, he's not crying. He's in a good mood. You know, I'll take it. But the content just can't stop. You know what I mean? Um, so they've got what 
They've got Rutgers. They've got at Michigan, at Iowa. Indiana's going to be tough. Uh, Maryland's going to be better. Man. Greg, what's up, man? What is good, and hey, a couple of things that I think I was just thinking about when you were talking with Howard that is really important to think about. This is sort of a twofold thing. The first, which is less important, is everybody has a home radio broadcast. Now, in Major League Baseball this year, they did not let any of the road broadcasters travel. They're all doing games from their home ballparks or in a studio, watching on monitors. In the NFL, they're not letting broadcasters go with the traveling party. So, for example, last week, the Chicago Bears drove to Ford Field because it was only five hours, but they're not going to be going to any games where you'd have to potentially fly. So I'm curious as to whether or not you're going to have full broadcast crews in the stadiums or whether the road broadcasters are going to be in the home stadiums watching on the monitor. And the second thing that I think is really important to talk about is this Champions Week. Because I feel like how the schedule ends up playing out is going to determine who faces each other. Like, do you have any sense as to how they're going to schedule this Champions Week? Is it going to be results-based or just whoever they pick that you haven't actually played yet this year? Good question. So there, it's going to be like a crossover, you know, one plays one, two plays two, three plays three. They've also said they're not going to do repeat games. So what that tells me is that either Michigan, so like in like Michigan's case, I believe that they're probably going to play either Wisconsin in the championship if they do well, or they're going to play Iowa. That's what I'm seeing because they're not going to play Wisconsin or Minnesota. No, they're not going to play Minnesota again. And if Wisconsin falls to second or third, they're not going to play Wisconsin again. So I see them playing either, um, you know, whoever in the championship or they're going to play Iowa, in my opinion. Um, See, here's the interesting thing about this is that, look, I went to Northwestern for everybody that's in this room. I know a couple of people have seen that I've been in here before. I just – there's something about the Big Ten West, at least the last couple of years, to where – I'm not confident in any consistency. Illinois has gotten better. Minnesota under P.J. Fleck is a much better program than they were over the past three years. Purdue has shown that they can be a formidable offense. I don't know how the West is going to shake out, but for me it's still Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State in some order in the Big Ten East. Now, you did bring up Shiano it's going to take a while for that program to get built back up to where it was under first time Shiano. So I think with really no, you know, with a, a, a short training camp, we're going to see a lot of abnormal results in the first couple weeks of the year. So I just making predictions on this is going to be difficult because I don't necessarily know how good each of these teams actually is, especially in the big 10 West where I don't think there's a ton of disparity between the top and the bottom. I'm with you there. Um, I'm with you there. And then there's a lot of, there's a lot of new faces 
on the East with, you know, Rutgers and Michigan State. Um, and on top of that, we don't know how they're practicing. We don't know who shut down all the way. We don't know who was still in pads up until now. Um, you know, you know who was preparing what, um, preparing what for as well, too. So, um, you know, there are still a lot of factors. Um, and, I, like, like, I truly believe Michigan should beat Minnesota. But at the same time, uh, Minnesota is riding this wave of confidence um, where they really don't have much doubt. You know, they went, what, 10-3 last year, beating Auburn one game away from a Big Ten title game. Um, you know, their non-conference wasn't great. Um, but they did beat who they needed to beat throughout the year to end up with one of their best seasons in a long, long time. So one last point, Ant, and then I will open it up for somebody else to pop in. And I don't think, and granted, because they're starting so late, this wasn't built in. But a lot of the conferences that are playing right now, they have built in these bye weeks in case there is a COVID postponement. We saw that Virginia, Virginia Tech got COVID postponed the first week of the year. We saw that Baylor Houston today got COVID postponed. If you're going to have integrity in this schedule and be able to make an argument for the Big Ten being in the college football playoff. I'm looking at this schedule right now. There are no bye weeks for anybody. So unless you use, you know, the day, you know, two days after Christmas as the week where you're going to make everything up, I I don't see how you get this full schedule completed if there is a COVID cancellation. And look, we already know that Rutgers and Michigan State, I'm – thinking Maryland too, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, You know, those three schools have already had significant COVID outbreaks. So if you have to suspend or postpone a game, I don't see any scenario where you can make it up. Thanks for letting me speak, Ant. I'll, uh, I'll take, as they say on the radio, I'll take your questions off the air. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good, man. Yeah, man. I touched on that before. And it's just one of those things where, the Big Ten dropped the ball. They dropped the ball big time, and there's no other way around it. The fact that they wanted to, you know, let this linger on, they should have just postponed it maybe like three to four weeks. Now you get like a, you know, probably like a nine or ten game season is one. Two, you get one or two bye weeks. So if it comes up where you have to – where, you know, you have to, you know, schedule a different game, maybe even mix and match a game with either a different conference or someone else within the conference, then that could be done. But they gave themselves zero wiggle room. Uh, So the chances of failure have gone up exponentially, all because of your lack of prep and all because you were given a deadline you're given a timeline saying that, hey, you had to, you have to get X amount of games done before this day to be considered for the CFP. Um, you know, they've totally done these teams a disservice. I'm not saying that they made the wrong decision, but they went about it the wrong way. Why cancel outright 
when you could have just postponed maybe a couple weeks, three, four weeks, um, and then you're pretty much good to go. Um, does anybody want to? Hey, Ed. Yeah, um, I see what you're saying in regards to the scheduling. I see what you're saying. At the same time, I kind of have a different take on that, Ant. Um, not kind of a little bit different. I don't. I don't disagree with you. Um, what I think the postponement does for what I think the postponement does for the Big Ten is it does help them in a way because they're able to watch, look, wait, and watch and see how these other conferences are handling testing, handling other things as well. And that way, and I t- basically you're able to watch them and be, be able to, um, how do I say it, be able to learn from whatever mistakes and implement whatever things that are working for them. So that that is one advantage that, that they have by starting in October. Um, and also they have the, the, the advanced testing that are gonna, they're going to put in place on September the 30th and all that. So I think it's an advantage in a way. But also at the same time, as you said, everybody has to, everybody has to stay in line. Everybody. Um, because if because you have one outbreak, that's one that's one less game. You're, that's one possibly two less games you're playing um, this year. So that's going to be that's going to be something to keep an eye on. But I, I like I said, I really believe that the advantage is they can really watch and see how these other leagues handle handle stuff. Makes sense. But, I mean, you have to think think about it from, like, you postpone until September 26th. You have, you know, three weeks. You have three, four weeks there uh, because games started, what, end of August? So, you know, you have about a month to really figure it out, saying, okay, what works, what hasn't been working. I... I just think that you have people making a lot of freaking money who drop the ball on this. You know, they're not able to just sit back, make their appearance, make decisions based on committee, and everything is, you know, status quo. But shit hit the fan. And a lot of dudes out here are tripping. And I don't think a lot of people got got exposed. You know? And, and, and that starts from the very, very top. You know, you have a dude like Kevin Warren. This this was his what? This is his first year, right? Yeah. This is his this is his first year. Um to jump the gun like that was very, very risky, just assuming that others that you know other conferences would just, you know, just follow. Like that just does not make sense. Uh, Absolutely. Andrew Jones, Andrew wants to uh pop in here. Give me one sec. Andrew, what's up, man? Hey, guys. How you guys doing this Saturday? Hey, man, doing all right. Doing all right. I love the Definitely down with the real hoodie right there. He's repping the Wolverine colors all the way, all the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I can't even blame um, Kevin Warren at all about this because I just feel that um, we have put um, the burden on, um, well, supposedly student-athletes, which, you know, realistically – they aren't. And I think that they put really a lot of these athletes in peril, and I call it unpaid football for a reason, because, I mean, Justin Fields, if he didn't want to play, he said he could have just said, you know, I'm going to the NFL draft now 
and not want to play. Rashad, you know, Bateman, same way too. Now he's opting in. And I think that, you know, for this um, season, if these players have long-term effects from any COVID-19 or if they, you know, are just regular young men that decide they want to just go out the bubble and or do whatever they want to do, whatever, that, you know, it shouldn't be placed on them if they get sick, that it's a it's their own fault and, and their own thing. I, I, I think that um, Big Ten and, and Pac-12, um, they probably said to themselves, especially the Big Ten, if it gets cold out here, and when it gets cold in late late October, November, that we got we have to proceed with um, caution. And I think that um, I, I just think that it's kind of gross, honestly, where you know they've decided this right back. And yes, people want to see um, NCAA football apparently, or throughout, or these players want to play, or at least a majority of them want to play. But I, I think that especially since they're not professionally paid yet, with all the billions coming in, that it's really, it's really just really odd. Like this, this whole, this whole like reversal that was inevitable with how the players from Justin Fields on down really wanted to play. But it, it's something that for me has always left me just feeling just that if, if I was a player back then, I would just be sitting out and I honestly would be boycotting the system. Hey, hey, strong, strong stuff, man. Um, I feel you. And it comes down to, you know, the main argument, the, the, the main argument against that is this is from what people, people like, like I pay attention to, every, to as many arguments and discussions as possible. It comes, it comes down to if there's no hospitalizations and these kids are supposed to do what they're supposed to do, um, then they should be fine. And then with reports coming out with the myocarditis with the heart and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but then you have a doctor and his report comes out and his study. And he's saying that like 30 to 35%, but then you have thousands of athletes who have, you know, had the virus, but they don't end up, <laughs> Getting that myocarditis, it's almost like okay. If it happens in thirty to thirty-five percent, mm-hmm. how is there nothing there if thousands have already got it and received it? Mm-hmm. So there are so these the the fact that these reports are so they're so opposite of each other. Um, people are very skeptical. I'm. I I am just speaking from what I'm hearing and seeing. People are very skeptical of what's coming out. And then with the next report that comes out, they're going to be skeptical again because they feel like, okay, what's going to happen in a week or two when it comes out that, you know, this actually wasn't true or the test that they did was a different type of type of population. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, th- and that's why I think just the lack of true concrete, everyone has the same testing or the same testing available. And this is with the power of five conferences, you know, where that inequity seems like to be the case. Um, and what happened with Penn State and their players having this outbreak? I, I think it's just really concerning, honestly, where 
Um, you know, yes, the ACC, um, SEC, and Big 12 um, decided their decision, but we already seen with Houston and Bell are canceling their game today that the parameters are, are just to me not clear enough overall that for these players who aren't professionally played and professionally paid, that I think that this is a thing that's there. I, I can't even fault like the Big Ten Commission necessarily about this because he says, well, if the players want to play and if these other conferences are, are playing and in terms of the three of the other power five conferences, then I might as well just have to do this and, you know, recoup this money and, um, you know, and hey, this is something that I should do. So, I mean, I, I thought the initial decision was wise from him and uh, Larry Scott and Pac-12, but um, I just think that in this scenario, when I think it's just the overall just issue fundamentally with the system here. Got you. Now, I am always a fan of erring on the side of caution, so I'm with you there, 100%. Uh, Courtney, thanks for joining us in. Um, go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, um, I was, I've was. i been listening to like the different sides, and I think there's a big point here, right, to what you're saying. There's so many conflicting reports, so many different sides to all of this, and therefore that's led to a lot of differing opinions on how to move forward, right? Um, but I think the fact that there are so many differing opinions, I think is just further evidence that people just don't know yet. There's not enough research to have concrete facts of how we fight this. What are the long-term risks? Like, there's just not enough information. So I think with that in mind, I think it's easier to say, are we willing to potentially risk people's health long-term. Um, and some of these guys, all, some of these athletes, they say yes, right? Um, and I don't know if that's just a personal opinion that everyone has to go forward with, but it, it's a hard call to make of, you know, what if we came out and said, okay, well, the long-term effects are for 80% of these guys that we see in a year and a half, they're having enlarged hearts for the next 10 years of their life. Would, would all of them say that? I don't know. But I just, I think the point is that we just don't know, right? You don't know, we don't know. And there's just too many conflicting reports to, I think, make or force anyone to be competing or anything like that. And, and which leads me to the next part that I think I haven't seen talked about much at all. I've seen it by one place. Um, and I find it interesting that it hasn't been talked about in the sense that in order to be able to play some of these sports, um, even at the professional level and the collegiate level, the amount of testing that's required to have these games and have these tournaments is astronomical, the actual numbers of how much they're testing. And I have seen reports that they're, this is leading to shortages for the rest of the population. Like, is it worth it? Um, to be having these sports. And that's a conversation I haven't seen discussed a whole lot. That's huge. That's huge. And um, honestly, Courtney, I, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like, like that's been in the back of a lot of people's minds, but it hasn't been something that they latch onto. And, and you just hit the nail on the head. Um, I'm going to float that on Twitter and kind of, you know, see what the responses are. Um, Cause I'm sure people will once again, have very differing, um, very differing 
opinions there. Um, but, you know, this is one of those cases where, you know, we don't know a lot and almost have to adjust as time goes. But what we don't need is a situation like, you know, this is very, this is very, very different. Um, but remember when, remember on 9-11 when the Twin Towers fell and debris everywhere and you, we had people jumping in there, helping out, just being awesome Americans, loving each other and all this. And then several years later, a, a good portion of those people who like helped out are, have like lung issues, trouble breathing, and, all, and mm-hmm. a, a, a lot of them passed away. I'm not saying that they wouldn't jump in again to help out, but that's a similar situation into they didn't understand that running in running in there would have had a lasting effect. Go ahead, Greg. Hey, so I wanted to pop back in for a moment because Courtney brought up a great point in regards to rapid testing. Now, for those of you that are in here, I am a furloughed Pac-12 employee, and there's a bit of a difference between how the Pac-12 and the Big Ten has taken this approach to testing. The Pac-12, a couple of weeks ago, signed a partnership with a company called Quidel. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And Quidel is a company that is going to allow for campuses to have rapid testing machines installed in their athletic departments. So this corporation has partnered with the Pac-12 to make sure that any athlete from any sport can have a rapid test daily. That is the partnership that they signed with all 12 member schools, which is why and really the only reason why the Pac-12 is considering going back to school. This is going to allow not just for football players, but for volleyball players, soccer players, other non-revenue sport athletes to resume competition. Now, I was listening to an interview with Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach at Northwestern, a couple of days ago. And it seems like the Big Ten has only promised daily testing for the football players. So... To me, I'm looking at this beyond the scope of football and how the Big Ten is not going to avoid blowback for not allowing testing for the rest of their fall sport athletes and for the rest of their winter sport athletes that are trying to get their workouts done in the next coming weeks and get workouts ramped up because basketball is going to start at the end of November. So I'm looking at the way the Pac-12 approached this and, you know, You talked about earlier, I think it was when you had Don on, that the Big Ten, you know, people making a lot of money have really fumbled this. And I think that the health aspect of it is huge. The fact that you're not making daily testing available for any athlete, not only that, in regards to students that are on campus paying tuition, it just sets a really bad precedent. It To me, it's a little bit tone deaf. So I wanted to just, and I'll pop out of the room now. I wanted to bring into that aspect what the Pac-12 is doing just to compare it to what the Big Ten is doing and just a a contrasting style of approach. So I'm just I'm not sure that the Big Ten even set the testing program up right, at least in terms of how it is perceived. Ethan, what's up, man? Oh, that's not. Did you want to talk? 
What's up, E? What up? My bad. Not sure what just happened. Um, the I just wanted to pop in in response to that because I almost think that I, I think I'm with I'm with Greg on one level, but I also just think, look, like it's not really that surprising, you know. I mean, the sadly, it's not surprising. I think that um, the you know, I know at least in the I'm from I'm from Texas, and I know at least in the case of the University of Texas, and I'm sure it's it's similar at many of these Big Ten schools. The the football program is the money maker, and at the end of the day, um, ha- however myopic it might be, um, and and for all of the very justified holes that we can and should poke in the testing plans, et cetera. I mean, the, the football team was always, the football program was always going to get daily testing because the football program is the golden goose. That's, that's the moneymaker. That's why um, football was, you know, I was always optimistic that they bring football back in the big 10 in the fall or the winter. Um, and it's also sadly why I'm not surprised that there's no guaranteed testing at this point for, for other fall or winter sports, because um, frankly, the, the football games are the ones that are on ESPN. You know, they're the ones that are, that are featured prominently on the big 10 network. They get the big advertising dollars. Those are the programs that bring in the biggest, uh, the biggest boosters and the most uh, national visibility for the institutions. So I think um, while I'm with, while I'm with Greg, that probably they have fumbled this, and it probably is short-sighted. And it, the fact that only the football program gets the guaranteed testing probably lays bare and makes kind of all too clear just what the institution's priorities are. That I mean, I'm still sadly just not surprised that that's the case, given the state of college athletics and what, what football programs represent to these universities. Yeah, man. Um... Couldn't have said it better. Um, money drives the school. And so, you know, so the football team is going to get catered to in that in that regard. Um, and it looks like um, the Pac-12 has at least um, – I know they're, they're, they're looking at a start date in, like, no, November, but at least they are taking into account all of their winter sports and not just – not winter, but – all of their fall sports and not just the one that brings you money. Um, because those are other you know, men and women on other teams um, who work just as hard as those football guys and those basketball guys. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, you know, Ethan, Courtney, Greg, Don, uh, Andrew, thank all, thank you all for hopping in. I appreciate that. Um, I want to be more interactive like that in my other locker room sessions. And I said, I wasn't going to keep you guys long, so I'm not. Um, but, you know, we started out talking about the, the uh, big 10 schedule. And then we started, you know, <laughs> wandering off to us uh, something else, but you know, that's how discussions kind of go. But overall, what I'm going to look at is the Michigan schedule right quick. At Minnesota, Michigan State, Indiana, Wisconsin, at Rutgers, Penn State, Maryland, at, o- at Ohio State. You know, not going to be surprised if Michigan goes 6-2, and two, um, which is about on par for them, unless Joe Milton comes out and has a Cam Newton type of year 
and changes Michigan football forever. Then you have MSU, you have Rutgers at Michigan, at Iowa, Indiana, at Maryland. I really believe that they're going to start the year um, 0-4. Uh, I just I just think Rutgers, I think Rutgers is going to come in and, and win that game. Uh, I have them going, I have them going two and six. I do think that they pick up one. Uh, I, I, I think that they beat Maryland, and I think they have a shot at beating Northwestern before finishing off the year with Ohio State and Penn State. Uh, either way, um, great conversation. I appreciate it. I learned a lot. Um, Mayan, I said uh, Michigan State starts 0-4. I just think I just think Ruck I just think Rutgers um Rutgers pulls it off with Shiano um for their for their first you know big ten win in a long time. Um then I think they're they're gonna lose to Michigan, Iowa, and then Indiana. Then they have two toss ups against Maryland and Northwestern, but I see them going two and six. Uh, they'll win two of the three with Maryland, Northwestern, and Rutgers. Um, but it's going to be tough getting by Michigan, Iowa, Indiana, Ohio State, Penn State. You're you're looking at five teams there uh, who have had coaches for, you know, who have coaches who have done um, decent and have been consistent so far. But thank you guys for listening in. I appreciate it. Uh, until next time, pretty much. Get really into your favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet. And get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet excluding Internet essentials. One device included.